welcome to our beautiful Weird Negroes and our non-Negro constituents to another episode of the Weird Negro Podcast, a podcast for us, by us, but all are welcome. You can sit with us. It's okay. I am one of your hosts, Cam Lotus. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy, J-Dub. Yo, what's poppin'? It's El So Flower Lee. And we have a special guest with us! Special! What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Caster. Feel free to call me Cass. Hey! Happy to have you, Cass. Yes! Yes! Uh, and today, we're going to be talking about urban ed- education. Oof. Something yep. we all know about. About to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that urban education world. <laughs> <laughs> Dead ass. That was good. Oh, that was, that was, good. was too perfect. Like it was too perfect. Uh, so let's get started. Let's go ahead and talk about our own educational experiences. Oh, oh, oh. Me, 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 me. Ew, go ahead, darling. Go ahead. So, I was part of the top 10% for DPS, Detroit Public Schools. Mm-hmm. I'm a smarty, overachiever. Ow. Bam, bam. Fun fact, though, every school that I have went to, it's mm-hmm. all been DPS, mm-hmm. every school that I have went to has closed. So that's my elementary, middle school. Every time I, I just felt like every time I would go up to the next level, well, I have to be going to another whole goddamn school because it's closed down because of no money, no funding. I remember uh, for the one school that I truly love, my elementary school, Chandler. If anybody remembers Chandler, hey. I actually do. I actually do remember that school. Like, I remember. Uh, me and my class, the students, the parents, the whole school. I remember marching with them all around our uh, blocks, actually, trying to get like people to sign off on the petition to try and save the school to not oh. get closed. Oh, okay. Did that help? No. Oh, no. But it was cool to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I even I was the last class to graduate from my high school because we closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crockett Rockets, hey, if y'all are out there. <laughs> Crockett Technical uh, High School, bro, I was a part of that. Mm. Wow. So did you enjoy it? Did I enjoy hopping around? No. <laughs> I did not enjoy having to go to a different a whole different fucking building mm. every time I graduated. Every mm-hmm. time it was the next level. Like, okay, we made it to third grade. Looks like I gotta go to a whole new uh, building of people, uh, teachers. Uh, <sighs> I enjoyed my education when I could get it. <laughs> I feel like that's that's the thing. When when you could get a good education, uh, it was enjoyable. Man. When you could get it. Yeah. But as it relates to urban education. Even when you can get a quality education, that's where the teachers are limited by the resources they have available mm-hmm. to them. Facts. Um, so, for me, I went to like 10 different schools before I graduated. Yep. Same. Hey. Like, <laughs> I've seen each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that overwhelmingly, most of them are closed down. Like, I know Osborne is still open. That was a high school I graduated from. Mm-hmm. And I also went to Fitzgerald, which wasn't a DPS school, but I know that's still open. Mm-hmm. But the middle school I graduated from, I don't know if law is still open or not because I went there as well. I went to law, Clark, Columbus, and graduated from Duke Ellington for middle school. Okay. Mm. I For like at elementary school, I think I started at Davidson. 
went to a bunch of different schools like Mayotte, Brewer, but I mainly most of my memories come from Van Zyl, which I know Van Zyl is still mm-hmm. closed to this day. But that was like I went there from third through fifth grade, but didn't graduate from fifth grade and go to middle school. I ended up going to Marquette, which I don't know if that's open or not. Finished my fifth grade year at Marquette, started sixth grade there, but then went over to Columbus. Dealt, I'm we go. I'm gonna wait till we get deeper to that. But that was yeah. definitely a, a. It was a. It was a wild times. It was a wild times. <laughs> uh, I think for my education, it was standard, but it was only standard because I lived so close to the schools I went to. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was like uh, went to Pulaski, which was a K through eight school. So I didn't really have to bounce around, and it was around the corner. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, literally, you go down the street and around, right there. So it was convenience, mm-hmm. and I was there. From K through eight, all the way. Mm-hmm. And when I left there, I went. It, of course, your yeah, transcripts are automatically sent to the closest high school. Right. So it was automatically sent to Osborne. And then I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense to go anywhere else and have to figure out how to get there when, mm-hmm. again, there's a school that's right around the corner from my house. So I just went to Osborne for all four years and just graduated out of there. Okay. But it was still a struggle only because. It was one of those situations where you know you're capable of more, but, but you don't have more offered to you. Yeah. Okay. And uh-huh. so I maintained throughout high school because my mentality throughout high school was, you know, it's high school. You know, y'all cool and all, but let's be real. I'm never going to see some of y'all again. And the people I will see again, I keep in touch with. Right. But other than that, I'm using this as a route to get to college. <clears throat> right. Like, I wish y'all the best, but I'm focused. Right. And so my senior year, mm. <laughs> always the senior year when shit go down. Holy. I they so Osborne had it where in order to graduate you had to take a health class. Mm. Okay. Osborne did not offer health during the day, so I had to call my dad to come up there to pay twenty five dollars for me to take health at night school, which was for the kids that pretty much didn't have enough credits to graduate. They could make it up in night school. Whoa. Here's the problem: night school didn't have a health class. So oh I was God. stuck in a earth science class. I took freshman year and had already passed with an A. Mm. So I'm sitting up there like, this is some bullshit. This <laughs> is straight bullshit. And I'm like, what the hell? So they finally found a random teacher. I don't even think she was a health like science teacher. She was just a teacher. And her this was her way of teaching. Here's the book. Read the chapter. Mm-hmm. Answer the questions at the end of the book. Look. Now, of course... You in school, you find ways to finesse everything. You seriously think we about to sit here and read this chapter and answer? No. We saw what questions were asked at the end of the chapter. You go back in the chapter and search for the answer. Yep. Once you were done, you gone. Bro, sometimes the answers was all in the back of the book. Any goddamn book. Exactly. It's true. Let me exactly. it's, it's wild that you bring Look, it up. I'm because... not saying that I cheated, guys. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying I did. <laughs> <laughs> Overachiever, I right? I worked hard for that. Look, it's funny you brought that up because at Osborne I had to take a health class too, but it was it was by Coach Coker. Say, oh my so he, goodness! So he just had us in the class, and his main thing was y'all about to chill out for this hour. Y'all gonna have them books open, but See? I ain't gonna be on your head about what y'all. Like, oh my goodness! All right, like because he used to basically just like these are the assignments that's due at this period of time, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to just go through the answers at the end of like the class. See, Aside uh, from that, we was in there chilling for most of the class. Oh my god, yeah. Rest in peace, Coach Coker. I think he, he did cool. yeah, end up he passing away cool. after we graduated. Yeah. But, oh mm-hmm. my, but that's why I'm saying you're making something mandatory that you don't have the resources to actually um, 
offered. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when I found out that it was mandatory, it was the last day of signing up for a night school. So I almost missed the opportunity. Damn. Girl. That's and I was, I'm telling you, my parents would have fought that tooth and nail. They said mm-hmm. I couldn't graduate over a class you don't even offer and don't even have. Like, that's full of shit. As a mind you, as a National Honor Society student. Hey, hey. what's okay. up? Hey, hey. graduate with a 4.0 GPA. Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey. Funny enough, I was a part of National Honor Society, but See? I ain't never go to any meetings. All right. No. <laughs> Bruh. Oh, oh my god! Like I was an overachiever for real, for real in high school. Wait, no, what? How, what, were, how was your schooling? Then? So my schooling. So at first I went to Tricks, um, okay. elementary school. Silly rabbit. From. <laughs> I, Yo, I remember Tricks. Yeah. I. Um. It's not. It's no longer exists. No, it's, it's closed. Yeah. I think it became like a charter school after it closed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went there from kindergarten to third grade. Then after that, I went to um, Charlotte Park Academy um, in Harper Woods from third grade to basically my senior year. Oh, wow. So I'm kind of yeah. like the opposite. Damn, y'all some lucky-ass uh, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> they know what stability is what? like. So, yeah, I would say Charlotte Park Academy was pretty good, um, like teaching us how to go to college because it was a college prep school Mm. so getting us prepared for that getting us ready for testing which was i think was they could have taught us more practical things but the thing they really focused on was getting those act scores yeah um no, all of that nonsense. Yeah, the standardized but, testing. Yeah, uh huh. I I will say this, Crockett really. I remember them going in on us for uh trying to get our ACTs together. They have a had ACT prep out the ass. Same I as I was saying. I'm about to say for sure because it, I mean to be fair, it started with the meat. Do y'all remember the meat? Yeah, yes. I remember the meat. it started with the meat test. Beat the when meat. we get to high school. <laughs> <laughs> Beat the meat. You, you ain't gotta go like that. <laughs> but like they, they definitely was on our head about the standardized testing, but that that has come with so many drawbacks. <laughs> because the most valuable skill you can learn in high school is how to find information. Mm-hmm. Not to think critically about the world, just being able to answer at questions. Can you look it up? Can you hey, find that's it? why going in the back of the book wasn't cheating. See that's it? You found the information. <laughs> but that shows like but, that doesn't prepare you for the real world. No, it doesn't. You know, you know, I'm gonna say this for damn show. I was not prepared for the real world when it oh. came to I'll I'll say this. I'll say this, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had to jump around mm-hmm. to these different schools, mm-hmm. it taught me how to be prepared. For when wild shit go down. Basically. Mm. That's that's one of the main things mm. DPS has taught me. What, what you say more like social wise or mm. more anything. Like, anything. anything. Just if anything. something if something drops, if the if the shit hits the fan, mm. I know what to do now in order mm. to keep surviving. I don't have to be stuck with the oh my god, what do I do next? Because I'm used to having the rug pulled from up under me, having mm. my schools, mm-hmm. having you know, Everything being taken mm-hmm. away, so you know what to do, how to go about your, how to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, J-Dub, how was your high school experience? Um, High school? Well, since, the funny thing is, since I was there from third grade to 12th, everybody knew everybody since we mm. was kids, you know. Some people left, some people stayed. Uh, but high school, it was like, it was, I don't know. It was the same 
Um, but one thing I did do was more extracurricular stuff, which I'm actually okay. proud that I um, did because it taught me more like, you know, social things rather than if I would have been in class all day doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like music, um, I think I was in robotics club, okay. astronomy club, stuff like that. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I, w- I would say high school was decent. Okay. Um, nothing really wild for me, to yeah. be honest. Same. Okay. I mean, because Park Academy was strict. Now it's not strict. We'll dive into that more because I became a teacher. I actually went back and started <laughs> teaching. But back in the day, it used to be a lot more, you know, structured. Structured. Like, yeah. yeah. So nothing was really going down. Okay. For real. Mm. I, I tell my parents all the time, especially after I graduated. And went off to college. I was like, high school didn't prepare me for shit. Mm-hmm. It prepared me for nothing. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of drama. My my senior year, I'll put it that. Not with me. A lot of people just knew me as the quiet one. And I preferred it that way. Because mm-hmm. the ones that were well known were in all the drama. And I'm like, I don't care about y'all enough to, to, to partake in that. Mm-hmm. No offense. I don't care about y'all enough to partake in that. I feel that. Um, so I kind of stayed to myself and I was like, look, I'm just trying to graduate and call it a day. But I mean, when you in a math class with 60 plus students and people are sitting on the window seal, Mm -hmm. you don't exactly, can't exactly focus the way you need to focus with so much going on around you. Damn, that happened to you too? Yes! That was wild. And And then their solution to it was let's take some of the students and put them in the ACT prep class. Yeah. Again. That's fine. That happened to you? Yes. That's the problem. (laughs) ACT prep is for 11th graders. I'm in the fucking 12th grade. What am I doing class I already took? Just sitting here fucking around. I literally went to my counselor and I didn't even mince words with her. That's how how over it you knew I was. Mm -hmm. I went to her and I was like, is there anything else I can take? And she said no. All the classes are full. I was like, is this on my schedule as a filler class? Like, this serves me no purpose. I already took it and passed. Is this on my schedule as a filler class? She was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Straight, mm-hmm. with no missing words, she was like, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so, the way I looked at it was, because I'm very logical of a thinker. You're wasting my time and I'm wasting y'all. Yeah. And this teacher's time that's teaching us stuff we already know. Mm-hmm. You have four seniors in a class with 11th graders. Mm-hmm. Learning what they already learned. We pretty much just end up there. That was social hour for us. We were pretty much just end up there chit-chatting with each other. And of course, all the seniors are going to sit together. Because mm-hmm. where are we going to sit with the 11th graders? Why are we about to sit with some fucking 11th graders for it? <laughs> so we sitting up there like, this is pretty much a social hour outside of lunch. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say that I didn't have to deal with that. <laughs> I, mean, I think Jeez, the max that we had was like 30 kids in the class. No, it's not about that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess going to a um a charter school is kind of different because I guess the main um thing that's wrong about charter schools is it's about money. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna have too. that many kids in the classroom. Not only does it look bad for your image because you're trying to make money from the parents per se. Mm-hmm. It's more like a business style. It is. So you have to. Like, whatever the parents, you know, that image of whatever the parents want to see, it has to be, yeah, because they're your customer. Mm-hmm. 
that was a big thing at one point with mm-hmm. uh, Detroit Public Schools. It's like mm-hmm. the back and forth between the pub- Detroit Public Schools and the charter schools yeah. coming in. Yeah. And DPS losing a lot of students to charter to schools. Charter. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, affects <clears throat> DPS funding. I mean, mm-hmm. the parents, well, they, you know, looking at it from the parents' side of things, they felt that maybe their kids could have a better education when it came to comparing what DPS had versus yeah, yeah. the charter. The charter was said. offering more tricks for their kids to learn about. And it's yeah. like, okay, so it makes sense on why they would probably go towards the charter schools. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, damn, I, I can probably count on one hand out of the 10 plus schools <laughs> I went to. That was actually really decent that... Funding could have really helped us. I know that first school, Chandler, when the whole block, the whole community was trying to fight for it, Mm -hmm. there was a reason behind that. My parents had went to Chandler. My brother Mm -hmm. had went to, you know, like, it's a generational kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So it felt good to be a part of this kind of community. So when we were trying to fight for it, it's like, yeah, okay, it makes sense. It it was trying. The school at one point was trying to have these uh different type of curriculums for you they tried to have music they mm-hmm. tried to have band they tried to have all these different type of clubs mm. but nothing could come to because of no money what <laughs> i found to be the most interesting experience as it came down to like seeing the deterioration of the Twitter public schools was like the amount of resources we had available in like elementary transitioning to middle then going to high school because when I was in elementary school, like I said, I spent a lot of time in Van Zyl. We had art. We had mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. We had English, we had English yes. math, computer technology. Yep. And like these were all, like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. Yep. And then by the time I got to middle school, art was being cut. Yep. Yeah. Music was being cut. Yep. We still had yep. gym, but we ain't had no computer technology. And it was all like reading, writing, and arithmetic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to high school, and my high school experience was something that was a little bizarre. Because I went to three different high schools, but I stayed at one from from, from my freshman year to graduation, which was Osborne. But I started off at Fitzgerald, which was a school in, like, the metro Detroit area. Mm-hmm. And that school was, like, from a, a young black kid who spent his life in the trenches. That was, like, every school I had seen in the movies. Mm-hmm. They had band. They had shop. You could work on cars. Everybody, like, drove their own car to school and stuff. It was very much like a culture shock moment for me. Mm-hmm. And stuff happened with family. I had to leave that school. Then I went to Kettering. That was also a coach. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What's up, <laughs> At that point, I think Crockett was already closed down by the time I was going to Yeah, Yeah, because I graduated in 2012, so yeah. So, um, uh, uh, I go to Kettering. And which is also closed. Which is also yeah. closed. Now. It's now a Dakota. Wow. It's a plant now. Yeah, they actually. Oh yeah. Um, they still have the big They have the big cake. It's Dakota yeah. at Kettering. Mm-hmm. But, um. I'll tell you why I got closed down. I'm talking about, as somebody that's actually been involved with the carceral state, Kettering was worse than prison. Uh, <laughs> literally. Like, what's that one movie where it's like, they come in, it's like a very, it's like a caricature of black stereotypes where they walk into the school and it's like, you got security guards with the dogs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> High school high or some shit like that. If you ever seen the movie Dope, that's the epitome of what he's talking about right now. The movie Dope. Okay, so when they were when my folks were trying to figure out what school I could actually go to because Mm -hmm. everything was just being closed up, 
they mentioned, well, you could do Kettering. Your mm. brother went to Kettering, mm. and my brother shot up so fast. <laughs> Hell no. Look. My baby sister is not going to Kettering. <laughs> hey, friend, that's how my brother was about. <laughs> 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 my best friend so the same life. Oh, my God. I shit you not. My brother walked me to school because my parents are very, like, protect at all costs. Yeah. Understandably so. My first uh, time, I think I was going to pick up my schedule. I will never forget what my brother said to me. He said, be careful of the friends you keep because mm-hmm. these people will corrupt the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Which probably was why I kept to myself so uh, much uh, and kept such a small group of friends because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is all I, I need. Mean, to going to China Park Academy, it was two places you went to if you got kicked out. And they were seen as the, like, you're basically going to hell type shit. Uh, Denby. Hey! <laughs> I'm sorry, Denby and Osborne was like, I used to be so scared. Of, like, they used to be like, oh, there's some Denby niggas coming down here, like, coming down the street. I, th- I used to think it was like, <laughs> they were about to be World War Three or something. <laughs> I can understand that, but after going to Kettering, like you, it don't get worse than that. Cause I went as somebody that went. Listen, Kettering made Osborne so easy to acclimate through mm-hmm. that I was able to ignore like all the bullshit that was going on at Osborne the entire time because. I'm talking about like people was getting pepper sprayed and maced in the halls by yeah. police officers, like while they got the K nine units, but like that it was different, different. I'm wow. talking about. I think I was at Kettering for less than a month or two. Mm-hmm. And because of some gang stuff that happened, I ended up getting grabbed up. Something that I ain't had no... This is why I never pay attention to a fight ever again a day of my life. I'm going the other way. I thought myself being nosy. It had been a gang fight that didn't broke out. The fight didn't, didn't resolve itself. But, like, one of the boys who's affiliated, he angry. So, he just yelling off at the mouth. He started talking to the wrong young woman. And when she was right there, she's like, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to. She started getting back with him. He's like, boy, I slapped the fuck out of you. Whatever. And then... The gangbanger didn't realize that she had a brother that was about the size of Iron Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah. He grabs him up, pins him up against the wall, but the security guard like talks him out of it, lets him go. The boy runs off. And was like, that's it for you. It's unfortunate that the big dude is actually dead now because of that situation. Mm-hmm. But the big dude grabs me up just because I was close. Lifts me up off of my feet. <laughs> Twenty pounds. He had me up in the air. I'm like, what I do? What I do? <laughs> but he let me go because he saw that I was terrified. I clearly, so I walked out of that school and I literally never went back. <laughs> Understandably <laughs> so. And that's why I went to Osborne. That's why, like, anything I saw at Osborne was just like paled in comparison. Literally. Man, <laughs> Kettering was different. I remember one time, uh, a bunch of kids from Kettering decided they was gonna hop on the bus, ride that bitch down to Crockett. And just start some shit with the crowd. I remember it. We all got out of school around the same fucking time, of course. And these motherfuckers came off the bus stop and was like, what's good? And I'm like, oh, let me take my big ass home. <laughs> <laughs> they just started fighting. I'm like, all right. I'm like, what's good, Leah? Like, nah, damn. <laughs> Honestly, I genuinely feel as though the most acts of, like, gang violence or so on and so forth that I've ever seen in my life happened from, like, high school age kids. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to Columbus in my sixth grade year, they used to have 
people from, I forget what two high schools, but one of them called themselves being six mile affiliated, one of them was seven mile. They used to meet up at like six, seven in the morning mm -hmm. just to fight. Like, and I'm like, you that invested in this? Right. You are that invested in this. You doing that shit. It was definitely different. It was different. That's I'm watching crazy. King of the Hill at six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching Bob Ross. <laughs> and they out here thinking about the body they about to try to catch yeah. on. Yeah. Like, is it that deep? Like, like, my thing was in the morning, I'll watch MTV because that's when they still play music Yeah, they were videos. playing music. Yeah. So, like, I'm, so I'm, like, I'm about to watch the music videos until it's time for me to go to school. Cam, bro, I feel like we were just living the same life. And <laughs> what? Everything you're saying is what we I was doing. And then, like, I was very much that person, like, I didn't walk to school. I got dropped off by my dad. So there mm -hmm. really was no room of opportunity to get into anything mm -hmm. because it's like, well, I'm dropping her off and picking her up. So At what's going to happen? You think you're going to do something. Right. Something. What's going to happen yeah. in between? I'm kind of the same as Cam. My dad, I don't know if y'all knew this, but my dad worked, uh, worked at um, the school I went to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You told us about yeah. it. It's campus safety. So I, you yeah, I guess it. that I couldn't yeah. really do anything anyway. I say the biggest form of protection I had going for me was that I was a young black man in this environment mm -hmm. because I walked like I either walked or caught, caught the bus my entire life. Like I, mm -hmm. if I got a ride from school, it was because somebody saw me walking and was heading that way. Mm -hmm. Um, that led to a lot of opportunities to seeing just how how wild it was out there because there's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that happened. And I always make a joke to myself. It's like, because I have such a negative response to police, I always mm -hmm. feel safe in like the trenches. Because by the time I was 14, 15 years old, I had already learned how to walk like I was ready to kill anybody that got in my way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember genuinely being that way. Like, if, if it ever comes down to it, it's your life or theirs. Mm -hmm. Because that's how wild it was. They used to play pick a nigga, stick a nigga. Mm -hmm. You know what it's exactly what, what it sounds like. They have, it'd be like a group of dudes that's walking home and they find somebody random, mm -hmm. pick a nigga, dead into a shit, just right there. Yeah. That was the game they would play. And they would just have six, seven, eight, nine boys. Bink, bink, bink. They usually find people that was like, you could tell they was like big brothers walking home with mm -hmm. their siblings. So That shit was something different. It's interesting that you say that. And that's actually one of the reasons i don't know if it was necessarily that i believe later we learned it was more of a gang initiation mm. but that was the reason that my brother dropped out of school his senior year mm. is because he was jumped i didn't find out till i got out of school because at that time we weren't going to the same school i was still in middle he was in high school mm. but i remember coming home and you you know how you can feel when something's not right something mm -hmm. that happened my sister picked me up from school. Now, again, my school's around the corner. At best, it's not even a five-minute walk from my house. Mm -hmm. So for her to pick me up, I automatically know something ain't right. Mm -hmm. I get home. It's quiet. My house is never quiet. There's TVs. There's music. There's some form of noise. It was quiet. Mm. As we're walking home, it's when my sister was like, Chris was jumped. I'm like, okay. Of course, being anybody's sibling, you automatically get upset. Yeah. You automatically like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So, by the time I found out everything, my dad already took him to the police station to file a report. Mm -hmm. But I got the full story of, from our brother, our other brother, that I guess it was a gang initiation of some sort, and they just chose my brother to target. Target, because that definitely looked, 
I had a similar experience like that when I was in middle school at Columbus. I said mm-hmm. high schoolers to come up there. It was like after a fight broke out, walking home, and it was a group of high school boys who they were just they wanted chaos to ensue. So it was like I'm across the street from them, just walking home. Had to be like a group of eight to ten boys who all went to my middle school, and the high schoolers just was like, "Oh him, mm-hmm. me." I'm talking about they walked over and I could I, like the moral the moral dilemma that was posed between these 10, 11, 12 year old boys mm-hmm. as they're walking behind me because they walked up to me. I turned around. I do the like you learn a certain etiquette of like how to suss people out. Mm-hmm. You always look at them. You speak and you look for body language. What clues they say these niggas on reckless time. So when they mm-hmm. came over following behind me because they all crossed the street. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's up? I turn back and look at them. Now mind you, it was like winter time and I was hot or whatever because you know Michigan weather. Mm-hmm. So I had this new, it was like a $70 Dickies coat my auntie had bought me. <laughs> and it was just like the hood was just on. My arms wasn't in the sleeve or nothing. So they walking behind me. And I, had to, I, I said it was up to them. I could hear them say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then one of them say, fuck it, we got to. Hit me in the back of my head. I'm talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. Film, I take off running to the point where I swear my coat probably hung in the air for a few seconds before they realized what happened. Wow. But like it was that deep for him, like to the point where I even had different experiences. Like in Osborne was already known. It had already made the news and everything for like the gang violence that was going mm-hmm. down. And there was not a single year I went there where somebody didn't die for something related to it. Mm-hmm. But um I had gotten so accustomed to like the etiquette. Mm-hmm. The things that made you a target, like one, I used to always keep a blade on me. I used to always like, cause I used to walk through the trenches. I used to walk like on average four or five miles to home. Mm-hmm. So I used to always keep a blade on me. But it was like, I remember one day, and this was one of the days that like instilled fear in my heart. But I knew I had made it. It was like a big fight that had broke down. It was probably the day after our school had got locked down because somebody brought a gun up there or whatever type of deal. Mm-hmm. I'm walking down. Like I used to walk down Hoover until it turned into Gunston. Mm-hmm. And uh. Yeah. It had to be about 20, 30 dudes. They all dressed in red and black walking up the street and shit. And I'm just like, damn. You know, the rule number one is you don't ever cross the street when it's a group of niggas right there. Mm-hmm. You don't ever cross the street because then they go punk you. Now they think you weak. Now they go fight. Like, you make yourself a bigger target. And I'm talking about I walk past all of them looking them in the face. I'm terrified for my life. But I'm like, just keep going. Just keep going. You ain't no bitch. You going to just go. <laughs> and I made it through and it didn't bother me. And I was like, okay, that's the secret right there. You just gotta look like you're ready to kill one of them. Mm-hmm. Ain't even a moment of time where they won't fuck with you. And that's just kind of like rules of engagement when you're in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's so crazy though that you even have to have <clears throat> that mentality Ooh. just to do something that's supposed to be just natural, just going to and from school. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's ridiculous. It's a part of the yes. socialization. You right. have to be prepared. Like for it was it. that incident with my brother that led him to say what he said to me when he walked me to school. Mm-hmm. And look, I even I'm 26 now, and I it's this weird realization that the world perceives me as a man. They didn't back then. I was just a boy. Because mm-hmm. I just was. But, like, I don't, I still find myself breaking through that, like, fear almost. Like, when I'm just walking to and from work or just out at the store or whatever, and I just see black men in the trenches like that, where I just gotta, like, check myself. Like, are they, are they on that type of time? Which you can't mm-hmm. never be too aware, because, you know, there's some people that will be on demon time. Mm-hmm. But then there's just, like, because I went through that experience, it's always the, I don't even trust nobody in this motherfucker, because you never know who's gonna try to set you up with the motherfuckers might be on. Because that's how it be. Because mm-hmm. that's how it be. It's, it's crazy. You know, now that you brought up that um, that idea of, like, trying to, like, fake something 
so that somebody can perceive you another way. Mm-hmm. I kind of had to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, going to school since my dad worked there. People always used to fuck with me. So I just say, well, your dad going to come help you? Actually, that did happen one time. And I had to, I had to bring up this facade that, you know, that I was ready at any time to just fight a nigga. Because, I mean, I... I had to be. It's it's a part. Of, I think that's just a part of socialization for young men. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of like yeah, black men, especially. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the only accepted form of emotional expression for us is typically violence and aggression, and people will leave you alone after you like display yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I had to actually display that my senior year. Funny, like funny story. I was in marching band. I think it was um, we was like having a because we used to play for the basketball games. Um, and it was like, it's a known thing not to walk, like, into the marching band or cross over mm-hmm. if you're trying to, you know, just go down the benches mm-hmm. and go around. One one of my classmates decided he wanted to be, I guess, an asshole and just, like, go through the band. Mm-hmm. So I was telling him, like, don't do that, bro, because I'm, I'm telling you, we we going to deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it was you in the Marshall Band Mafia guy. Oh, I was different on high school. I'm he sorry. said, I ain't been a terrible. Uh, he was about to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> so then he perceived, he was like, man, y'all ain't going to do shit. Y'all niggas lame. And all types of stuff. I was like, okay, go ahead, bro. So he went through. So then I grabbed my baritone and I hit him with it. <laughs> because <laughs> it was like. Kill that little boy. No, because that was like, that was the type of. Since people already. Seeing you as like soft, uh, yeah, soft because yeah. you're in marching band or because your dad worked there. Yeah, you had to, you had to just show him that she wasn't. I played golf in high school and I almost beat the brakes off one of these. Literally, okay, one of my nicknames is T Wood. Mm. <laughs> I actually got that nickname because of the amount of times I almost beat the shell out of somebody with one of my. <laughs> That's Go why they call you T. That is why they call okay. me T. <laughs> because it was like, okay. because I always been like, I, I realized when I was in high school, because I when I got to Osborne, I had went through so much, then I had came from Kettering, that I was just like, I'm here because this is the next step in like getting my shit together. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Like, I literally, I called myself dropping out of school for three months and got bored. And I was like, how the fuck do people do this for the rest of their life? <laughs> So I got back to school. I was like 14. And said, fuck that. I got to go back. <laughs> like, this shit ain't it. I don't know nothing. I can't do nothing. There ain't shit to do. But go to school. So when I got there, I really was apathetic about a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I didn't care about trying to conform to some roles. It's the, the violent thing, that was just, that was even before I got to high school. Mm-hmm. There was no real escaping that. Like, it was a lot of stuff going on. People broke into our home. Like it was it was like like we were just dealing with living in the trenches. That teaches you something different that you ain't even gotta worry about the shit at school. So by the time I was in Osborne, I really did not give too much of a fuck about how I how I was perceived. And because of that, people started to fuck with me. So it was like, oh, okay, it don't even matter what I want to do. As long as I own the shit, people gonna fuck with me. Mm-hmm. But that being said, that don't change how small-minded others can be about you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you see that I'm this nerdy-ass lover of Yu-Gi-Oh and play golf and tennis and so on and so forth. So you've projected the idea that I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta kill you. <laughs> like, or like do irreparable damage to you because you thought I was weak based on what I am interested in. Mm-hmm. Like specifically the football players, like they, you know, they, you know the social hierarchy of how they thought school was supposed to work, and it was just like, bro, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. This is just the go-between to our next step in life. So there's quite a few times where I definitely was about to get to it with a few different athletes because of just the fact that you're the leader of the nerds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, I'm still it's a nigga. Still <laughs> I'm still from the set. Like, I don't know why you think this, not, this is not a movie. And I was still socializing in the same environment. Yeah. Because, yeah, so, I, was, I would say that I was... I guess I would say I was popular. I, I kind of was. So, I mean, it isn't like, you know... You had to be. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. I wasn't. Don't don't talk to me. I won't talk to you. Keep to myself. Small uh, circle. I'm still quiet. I was in between. I'm a friendly ass nigga any fucking way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I fit in with everyone. Plus, it helped that I was smart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you were in the classroom with me, mm-hmm. chances are I'd help you with fucking whatever yeah, kind of work yeah. you needed with. Mm-hmm. So. I think I got along with everybody. Uh, they tried to loop me in with the smart group. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to be a part of a clique. They was cool people, but I wasn't. <laughs> I think I was just kind of where I could fit in at, like yeah. anywhere. I don't mm-hmm. social floaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I was more. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was popular until junior year, and that's because by that point in time, my little friend group we had already established well, like our little clique name or whatever, so people mm-hmm. knew us because of that. Mm-hmm. But prior to then, we were just nerds. Like, we we didn't even come into contention with people until we got social notoriety. Like, oh, okay, the nerds are, like, cool in a countercultural type of way. They're mm-hmm. not what you expect. And that caused intimidation amongst, like, oh, I'm the jock or the, you know, the team. Because our football team was ass. It's not, you know, it was like, they didn't really get respected. But traditionally, <laughs> they're supposed to. <laughs> that traditional. I mean, they are. When you think about jocks, you think about the fucking ruler, rulers, right? Yeah. Rulers of the fucking school. Mm-hmm. When you think about jocks in the movies and the books. And that's the thing. I feel like they try to make it that social hierarchy in high school until mm-hmm. you realize that shit it's really not, don't work in an yeah. urban high school. No, now maybe a, a suburban yeah, maybe one. Like a white yeah, like, like, I don't know. in a more white <laughs> Maybe that may work. I don't know. But in an urban high school, that never no, works. No. no. Never works. Because it's pretty much whoever you vibe with. Yeah. That could be, you could have a friend that's a jock and a friend that's a nerd, and it's like nobody blasting out your care. Right. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. But, but that when you people, don't hear nerds, it's when not, people no. try and like <laughs> perpetrate that whole fucking. That whole stigma behind like those movies and shit that you see. High school. And it's like, how the fuck you think you. Do you know where you at? Right? It's like. It's like Reality versus the movies. It's like, this is not a movie. This is not high school musical. My high school was inside of a building that was meant for middle schoolers. And you trying to act like a motherfucking jock and shit. And it's like, bro, how? Where? With who? Do you know where we at right now? Ain't no way. Ain't no No. fucking way. No. I mean, it it was... I understand that because Mm. at Osborne, it's like my high school had three other schools in one building. Mm-hmm. So, you know, which we'll get more into that. But then it's like, it just didn't really make sense how they did it initially, the way they were trying to set it up. Mm-hmm. And so I think instead of making a more organized, structured, you know, kind of facility for everyone, it just, in the beginning, maybe they worked out the kinks later on, but in the beginning, it just became more chaos, yeah. needless to say. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but yeah, I know we touched on it a little bit 
of course, you know, DPS, Troy Public School System, uh, isn't exactly the richest. Isn't the richest. Mm-hmm. They sure so, know how to feed you, though. That's one thing for them. This though. is true. They will feed this you. This is true. With the quality, maybe not, but they you will make sure you have a meal. You're going to have food. But there Somebody was. Them peanut butter jelly on the graham cracker. Yeah, yeah. Them boys was good. I used to do it. Them boys was good. I used to do it. Them boys was good. If you're a little golden boy, you got mom and dad eating the same fucking house. I'm sick of both of y'all. Oh my goodness. Stop it. But the thing was, I used to eat school lunch, but at one point I started like throwing up. That was in like, I don't know. Third grade, so I just got used to it. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, all right. No, so I certain things like you just knew them Bosco sticks. That was not a thing when I was in high school. I didn't what? find out about Bosco sticks till I got to college. Whoa. Damn. Yes, we did not. When I went to Osborne, they had like the chicken wings where you could like oh, yeah, get that yeah. and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. they Bosco sticks were not a thing for me Bosco until sticks. I got hey, look, to college. Look, chicken look, 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 yes. look, no, look, 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 the chicken wings they had at Osborne actually taste like the chicken seasoning out of the ramen pack, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Yes, it did. They actually mm. taste like the chicken seasoning out the ramen pack, bro. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. That's your crazy as hell. I met some really amazing teachers, though. Oh, yeah, facts. Yeah. There are some when they good, could mm-hmm. get good teachers. The only yeah. saving grace for a lot yeah. of students through TBS was the teachers, for real, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there I, are yeah. some profound people that mm-hmm. I have met throughout the many different schools that I've had to go through. Mm-hmm. Amazing teachers. If you could shout out one teacher right now, who would it be? Professor X, rest in peace, Mr. Montgomery. He was my algebra, geometry, and calculus teacher. He was also my night school teacher when I had to take credit recovery my sophomore year. Man was a different form of genius. He also went to Western Michigan University. So when I went there, mm-hmm. he came up there and took me, Perry, and a couple other people who went there mm-hmm. out to breakfast one day. So man was different. Like mm-hmm. probably the most impactful teacher on my entire life. Mrs. February. She was my third grade teacher from Chandler Elementary. She um pushed me. Like she really pushed me for writing. Cause your girl know how to write. She know how to form them words. <laughs> I got the gift of gab if you couldn't tell. She had uh, a one assignment that she wanted us all to do about talking about like the concept of death. Mm-hmm. And I went in on that motherfucker. I'm like, oh, say less. Let's go. To the point where she called my mama to the room. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, am I in trouble? And she's like, no, this is just such a profound piece of work. That How old are you when you're in third grade? Eight. Um, what the fuck is an eighth grade? Well, how, what the fuck? She's eight years old. Why she, does she well, know the concept of death so well? Because mm-hmm. I've seen people die. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> hey. Hey, I learned some good writers when I was uh, teaching second grade mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, wow, this is really good. It's the trauma. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right? Hey. Trauma bonding. <laughs> Why do you have a whole prose editor? You're seven years old. <laughs> if you've only seen the things I have, old man. Um, I think for me it was it was two teachers. It was Miss Diabru and it was Miss Barrett. So Miss Diabru was the English teacher, ninth mm-hmm. grade English. Miss Barrett was the computer science teacher. Okay. But they were both those teachers like 
they they gave it to you straight. Like they they you could tell they were those teachers where it's like I really want you to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm not just showing up every day for just my cause, health just cause or to check. or to collect a check. Like right. I really mm-hmm. am invested in you learning. And so they were really dope. I actually think Miss Barrett may have had my brother or my sister, one of the two, for one of her classes. So she was kind of familiar with with the name a little bit. But she was that teacher that was just dope as ever. Like, you ain't want to go to your class, you could go to her class. Mm -hmm. She would try to convince you to go back to your class. (laughs) But you could go to her class and, like, hang out a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. until your period came up. But, yeah, no, those two teachers definitely were some some stand-up educators. Mm. Um, I say I would have two, two, um, two, two. Wrong. Um, <laughs> All right, fine. two, two. So, Mr. Arnett, shout out to Mr. Arnett, my band instructor from uh, ninth to twelfth grade. Um, basically because he started music uh, at CPA. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in third grade when we got there, uh, me and my brother, um, there was no music program. But then Mr. Arnett, he came in. He was like, music is, you know. A fundamental part of not only like helping with your overall education because it teaches you like different skills like mm-hmm. um, practice repetition stuff like that but also I think that the arts is really important for anybody who's growing up to express themselves mm-hmm. so I still remember like um, my brother he got a trumpet this is at the time where we had to buy our own instruments because the mm-hmm. school wasn't funding it I had a drum set. Um, I'm so and, sorry for your parents. Right? Yeah. I mean, but they, <laughs> hey, they, I still got it today. So, uh, so yeah, we got we got like the music program at Channel Park Academy established. Mm-hmm. And he right. stayed there that whole entire time until basically I think I graduated. And then he, like the year after that, he retired. Mm. So, if it wasn't for Mr. Arnett, um, I wouldn't. And also, he kind of, like, helped me expand, like, a different world view just to not know that it's just about, like, in Detroit. There's mm-hmm. other places to venture to. Right. He, he brought us to, like, mm-hmm. operas. Oh, and wow. stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Shout out to Mr. Arnett. I mean, I got I to gotta double back to what we're doing, too. I'm going to go back mm-hmm. to Mr. Montgomery first because he started the tennis team. Okay. Because mm-hmm. of that. He played tennis back in college. And um, he kind of was like, I just want to see who's interested. And he saw it was me and, like, four other people. And he made the team. And he trained. The, he was our coach all the way. He left the school, I think, my junior year. So mm-hmm. he was up until that point in time. But then second teacher, Mr. Adam Mission. Dude is really cool. I still, I'm friends with him on Facebook to this day. <laughs> he came in, I think it was my junior year. He was our physics teacher. And because mm-hmm. I love physics so much, I started to look into, because we didn't have, you know, DPS. We didn't actually have books for everybody in class. He had a book mm-hmm. that he would print stuff off. And he would just, like, I was picking up on the basic concepts, of, you know, the different um, ways to calculate speed, velocity, acceleration, and so on and so forth. Because I was so interested, I started doing the extra work. Mm-hmm. And then get, got the attention like four or five of the dudes in my class. And he created an AP physics class for uh, us because wow. of that. Mm-hmm. Like, and he, he, even, he even taught me the word autonomy. Oh, wow. He taught because he was like, I believe in having my classroom structure based on autonomy as long as students are retaining the information and we'll do, we'll do and so on and so forth. So he was very much pivotal in how I even looked at the world. So I'm like, oh, bet. <laughs> you mean student-led classrooms? Let's fucking go. <laughs> He was, was different. Up. He was different for sure, for sure. 
Okay, okay. I can th- I can throw one more. I can throw okay. one more out there. My eighth grade math teacher, she's probably the one that noticed that I needed fucking glasses because I've just been kind of skating by all this shit. Eighth fucking grade, my math teacher was like, you really, why are you squinting so hard? I'm like, well, you know, that six looked like a 38. <laughs> Not a 38. So shout out to her. I can't even remember her name now. There have been so many people. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I and, feel like, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to throw out my second person, uh, Mr. Horse. He was my uh, marching man instructor. Um... So, yeah, if, if it was for him, like, I, I appreciate him because he taught us, like, discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, discipline and also uh, community. Mm. Because if, it, you know, marching man, it felt like I was a part of something greater than... Yeah. One band, one side. Uh-huh. You about to beat yeah. down a nigga that was going yeah, to cross basically, the line. <laughs> yeah, basically, that was, that was the type of love I had for the marching man. They so, in the goddamn game. <laughs> <laughs> you being I guess you would say it was a, uh, <laughs> a positive game. I don't know. A I mean, community that wasn't all negative. Y'all still good, so y'all yeah. mild on a nigga. <laughs> but it also gave like, this nigga just cut through the drums. We about to beat up on his Uh, encouraged us to go to college more because he he realized that uh you know music was a gateway to mm-hmm. go to especially HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and he passed away last year. Rest mm-hmm. in peace. So, mm. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Orris. I feel like that's. I mean, first off, that was a blessing that you even had a music class. Cause like yeah. I said, you go back to not having the funding, yeah. arts, music. I don't yeah, know how it was for other schools, but even when I was going to Osborne, they cut foreign language, yeah. which kind of threw me off because as I'm applying to colleges, mm-hmm. they look for four years of English, four years of math, mm-hmm. and foreign year, yeah, language of another. So I'm so like, I didn't even get the opportunity to do a foreign language. Yep. So I'm like, now I have to do something else to supplement that. Mm-hmm. So it looks good on a college application. Which is all mm-hmm. bullshit. Like, you can't yes. my money any goddamn way. Exactly. Exactly. It was such a push. And you can tell that it started to become more about attendance and just high SC, uh, well, not ACT, ACT mm-hmm. scores. Mm-hmm. Because they had all this prep for you and they had these college prep classes and they take you on field trips to, mm-hmm. what was the college fairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it's like, we don't have... None of the extra. I don't know where the tennis. We had tennis maybe as I was on my way out. But in that, it was like we had cheerleading, you had football, but that was about. I was shocked we had dual enrollment, which yeah. came through in yeah. the clutch. Yeah. Came through in the clutch. Preach. When I went to college and saving me money. That's for another episode. For real. That's though. part two. I but, I dual enrollment too. helped out a lot when it came to yes. like getting myself together for like. You know, like, uh, what was it? Community college. Yes. Like, that took care of so many unnecessary bullshit classes that they be throwing at you. Political mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not even trying to learn about this shit. What the fuck? Like, I remember I was in, when we did have a music class, we were watching The Temptations. That was the class. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ain't nobody come to see you. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was the class, and it was me I mean, and two other seniors in the class. Jesus. So it was constantly being in these classes that I really didn't need. 
that kind of came clutch for you in the long run. Like, all right. I mean, but, well, the music <laughs> class, you know. Yeah, I still really didn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> you got to see the temptation. Hey, that's too much. <laughs> I didn't see the temptation. I didn't, but the, the, the Like they really raised Motown through. <laughs> we yes, well, here's the thing though, right? Even if you look at a lot of the the biggest rappers throughout the history of Detroit, specifically from the 2000s onward, mm-hmm. they sample Motown like crazy though. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Peasy lived for some Motown samples mm-hmm. for sure, mm-hmm. and he's probably like the biggest artist you could think about in the city. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of like it's always been there. But it's just a simple fact that. You in a music class and you would think you'd be playing an instrument. <laughs> nah. Or like, yeah, and we did learn about like reading music, uh-huh. but then. But what's the point if you're not. If we're not playing an instrument. And then someone that, about the five heartbeats, the temptation. <laughs> and then, like, and then on top of that, he, you really didn't take the time to see your students' backgrounds or learn about their backgrounds no, because, man. as someone that played trombone for three years, I already knew how to read music. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just pretty much in this class, mind wandering off. Because when I get bored, my mind just drifts. Oh, yeah, we know this. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so I'm just like, at this point, this is just an easy A. Mm-hmm. It, it's an easy A and somewhere to place which me is, where you don't have anywhere. Which is unfortunate. Uh, easy A's, what's the point of that? When you don't have anything. funding and other options to offer look, your students, you put them wherever you can. Literally, look, that's my shit, senior that's year, literally what it is. My senior year, I took, because I I was, I took credit recovery, but mm-hmm. then I ended up like getting some extra credit hours doing some other stuff. So my senior year, they just needed to place me in the class because I already mm-hmm. had my three years of science and whoop the whoop. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking like, I think it was like, either earth science or astronomy or something or whatever mm-hmm. it, either way it was that's what it was earth science class and i'm in there with all underclassmen so i was basically a ta in that class like i because it was mr out of mission mm-hmm. so i was in there just helping the <laughs> underclassmen like oh yeah bro you don't understand terror like <laughs> <laughs> terrestrial planets i got you bro come here let me <laughs> that type of deal but then we also had a debate class mm-hmm. we didn't debate um i'm gonna be honest with you because that that was so I was born, I learned this my freshman year, well, my sophomore year after my freshman year. They had, because it was, the way the school was broken now, it was mm-hmm. separated into three schools to help accommodate it for the overcrowding that you will have in classrooms or whatever. 
So they ended up doing like block styles my junior or senior. Yeah, it was my senior year mm -hmm. where we had A blocks and B blocks. So we'd go to like four classes a day and we would have a two-day schedule that we rotate from on each day of the week. So the second mm -hmm. day was basically all my elective bullshit classes that I just was placed in just to be in there. And that's why I had my debate class. Now my debate class was mixed between kids from any grade, any because everybody had to take that class. Mm -hmm. The thing was... Osborne had actually separated the, the actual classes that exist per, gra per grade. Mm -hmm. There were three classrooms per grade, and it was basically honor students, mm -hmm. C and D students, and then the underachievers. Mm -hmm. So because we had this mixed class with people who had different levels of comprehension, we never really actually went over anything to debate. And he spent that time going over like the, the uh, rights, constitutional rights and amendments. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what we spent most of that time going over in that class, which was not invaluable. Mm -hmm. A lot of that information is a lot of information that young people don't know. Mm -hmm. But it was never a debate class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we that's never how, that's how I kind of feel about my advanced <clears throat> band class. Mm -hmm. Because some at, at some point, for whatever reason, they used to be like that. But I think my senior year, they started just throwing kids into the band class just so they could have somewhere to be. Mm -hmm. And that completely threw off the rhythm of what we've been like trying to establish since I was in ninth grade. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was able to read music like, you know, really well. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you have students come in there who don't know how to read mm -hmm. music at all. Basically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I get that. Um kind of diminished what what could have, you know, just that progression. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think Osborne uh, when they divided the school up into multiple schools, I think that was their solution for the overcrowding mm -hmm. because at the time, so many schools were closing mm -hmm. in the Detroit public school system. And they're like, well, we have to have somewhere for these students to go. Yep. The only issue with that is you're blocking off sections of the school to make it its own separate school. Like these mm -hmm. sections had their own principals, mm -hmm. their own staff. Jesus. But now you're forcing everyone where there's already overcrowding down mm -hmm. the same hallways, into the same class. Mm -hmm. You could not, if you were not part of that school, you could not go in that yep, area. They had different uniform clothes. How did that work? Is it kind of like, because in my head is, I'm imagining like Hogwarts for some reason. When I was there, like, it big in Hogwarts. People different, uh, different I think the like, only colors and stuff, you can't go into certain areas. No, but it was like that though. Yeah. Like, each school had their own uniform clothes. So mm -hmm. ours was like royal blue and pink. Then they had evergreen when they wore green mm -hmm. and khaki and black, I'm pretty sure it was okay. And they had the oak prep which they wore black and beige mm -hmm. and it was like if you were caught like that was a suspension mm -hmm. if you were caught in the other school like like they were supposed to be in class. Yeah, because you're not wearing oh. the colors. Right. Oh, you you got on a royal blue shirt in the oak prep hallway. Okay. You're supposed to be black and khaki, mm -hmm. and you're supposed to be in class. Mm -hmm. So not only are you trespassing, you truant, but you Just also take that shit off and put it put the real shit on. Take it off and grab your bag. Now I belong. I think the only school that really didn't have too much issue was the school on the third floor because they blocked off the whole, yep. whole third floor. So it's kind of like if you ain't part of the school, you have no reason to be up here. Jesus but with Christ. the other two schools, you're literally blocking off hallways yeah. that were once part of a bigger school. Like, it, 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 yeah, it's not like uh, you enter an archway that says, welcome to Oprah. No, it's literally just oh, like, yeah, this I'm is one long-ass hallway. That, that's now you know, gated off. That's literally just got this gate right here. Yep. <laughs> like, where people come and pass you back and forth, like, because people still talk. So right? you was never able to interact from... 
with anybody from you know, any other school. You could, I mean, you could but you couldn't go down that hallway and just be by their lockers yeah. chopping it up with like, them. You couldn't do that. Through the tip, gate. Tip, right. Because you know you got like that five minute grace period in between classes. Mm-hmm. Stop at your locker. You see somebody at the gate. Whoop, whoop. But now mm-hmm. it, even that did start to change because they it was originally four schools. They had the original Osborne, which was all of the kids that were there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as they started to get to upperclassmen, they started to weed them out, and they just had the three separate schools. And mm-hmm. it was like twenty twelve or so on and so forth it was like the last Osborne, like official Osborne like, Academy cool. that, cl- yeah. that that graduated. Then it's now Osborne MST Oak Prepper Evergreen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like at that point, and they started to eventually like they moved MST upstairs. Mm-hmm. And Jesus then they had Christ. like Oak Prep and Evergreen downstairs. Yeah. So when I graduated, mm-hmm. 10th grade and up was Osborne. Just okay. Osborne Global Communications, I think they named it or whatever. Uh, I think it was like 9th grade, it was three separate schools. They were all ninth grade, mm-hmm. but it was three separate ninth grade schools. Yep. That is so complicated. So, what? Yeah, what is the, it what caused the point of that? issue because you know? now you're forced to classrooms. Yeah. Oh, okay. Smaller classrooms, more because they they were big about overcrowding. Because yes, compensate overcrowding, giving more personal relationship between students and teachers, and help improve Mm -hmm. test scores. Well, at least they tried that shit. My my school didn't do nothing. They're just like, well, you gonna learn some kind of way. Yeah, but it was also some kinks to work out with it because now you have the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth graders all having to go down or go the same way to get to class. Mm -hmm. There is no. I remember a fight broke out, and I was cornered in. The fight wasn't with me. But I was no. I was but the where the fight broke out was the only direction I could go mm-hmm. to get to class. Mm-hmm. I had to go to the gate of one of the ninth grade schools and convince one of the staff members to open the gate so I could take an alternate route to class. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I would have had to pass through this fight to get to class. Mm-hmm. So it was it was crazy. But what do y'all think? Hearing all of this, all these stories, all of our experiences, like, what can we do to improve urban education? Or what can be done to improve urban education? Give us some fucking money. I mean, Facts. that's a big thing and it comes down to money. But you got to also think about it, the, the real world logistics. A lot of these people, especially when you talk about stuff like charter schools and how they're for a profit... Most kids that go to public schools because their parents can't afford to put them in a private school. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to even have their taxes raised to try to fund more schooling. So really, it's like, it's community accountability. Mm-hmm. Because despite a large portion of students taking information in school, most of the learning that happens is in the home style environment. Mm-hmm. It's like, a village, right? So mm-hmm. really, it does. Mm-hmm. So it really boils down to, like, I noticed, especially when I was younger, Mom, my dad was on my head about whatever I did learn in school. Mm-hmm. What did you learn today? Like, I don't, I don't want to ever hear you come home from school and you ain't learn nothing. Because you was in there for eight hours. You ain't take nothing away. Right. What's one mm-hmm. thing you learned type of deal? So that that's really what it, what it boils down to. And I do remember, kind of going back earlier, how we talking about cheating and so on and so forth. We made stuff work out. That sense of community amongst, like, your classmates. I know because I was in honors class. Like once I, because I came in late in Osborne my freshman year. Hold on, mm-hmm. were we all in honors? Yeah, we all in honors. Yeah, we all the smartest fuck. <laughs> so right, yeah. That's because I came in from Ketter and I left for three months. My transcript was like a zero point zero. They weren't even about to let me in Osborne. My mom had to beg and plead with the principal for them to let me in. Mm-hmm. They let me in, so they put me in like basically with all the the, the underachievers. Mm-hmm. And I was there for the rest of my freshman year. Then it was like, oh. Clearly, this kid just went through some stuff and he 
should be in an honors class. So that's where they put me from my sophomore year all the way up. But like, mm-hmm. I I drew I connected with all of them, even if they weren't like my personal friend. I didn't want to see anybody in that class fail. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like that community kinship. If you ain't got the answers, I got the answers. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. We gonna figure it out, type of deal. Um, and just more so, we had to deconstruct an entire culture of how we even look at education because. One thing that's been abundantly clear, I think we established it earlier, when mm-hmm. it comes down to education, a lot of the times they're not teaching kids valuable life skills. They're teaching them how to find answers, not mm-hmm. think critically about the world around mm-hmm. them or having... How to take the test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say, especially after being a teacher, um, the structure... And mm, this is more prominent in urban communities but changing the structure of the education system in general Mm -hmm. is something that uh hasn't changed since Mm -hmm. i think maybe the 1930s if i if i remember the history correctly Mm -hmm. the education system has not been updated since then because funding from the government just they just won't they just won't change the infrastructure of the way that we in the United States, teach um, students. Um, I now I know money, pouring money into it would most definitely help. But when you have also just like the the if it's no community or values within the school, because there's plenty of people which I know personally who stole money from schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so just throwing money. These people they just, they ain't going to solve it because they're just going to take the money and put it in their pockets. Or it's being put in the wrong department. Exactly. Like, I remember it was one thing where it was a big thing in Detroit public school system where, like, the principals are getting raises, mm-hmm. but the teachers, but the teachers are teachers underpaid. Are yeah, that yeah. shit didn't make sense to me when I why was are they, down. Like, like mm-hmm. yeah, these principals aren't the ones in the classrooms teaching these students. Like, yes, you have to run this school, mm-hmm. but you're not in the classroom. Exactly. So like it's it's our teachers that are coming out coming out of their own pocket with the own material yep, yeah, to help yeah, the kids. Yeah, you were just even, saying you didn't even have fucking books. Nope. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was like, "Well, I'm about to go and print this shit. That shit ain't." I spent cheap. maybe a quarter no. of I my check. There was like buying stuff from my. In students. my entire high yeah. school experience, I only had one class, and it was Miss Creation. She was our literature teacher. She was the only teacher that had enough books for everybody in my class. Mm-hmm. The only teacher, just that one. Mm-hmm. And even still, the quality, them books were old. They had to be like five great, five plus Oh, yeah, plus no, the books old. was always old. So it was like, you know. The books were always old. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never had like an updated brand spanking new fucking mm-hmm. book. Like, it was yeah. always some hand-me-down from no, somewhere we're else. We're writing in the back like, of yeah. it throughout it, but, pages torn. Mm-hmm. But that's why I say Fitzgerald was a culture shock to me, because they did. Mm-hmm. I took French shop in, like, had history, math, writing, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth, all at, at, at Fitzgerald. So they had up-to-date books and everything. I, I was so just seeing that right there was something different right there. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, I don't know if that's just a symptom of society, because when you bring up that certain schools was better off than some schools, some schools closed, where obviously Cass Tech is still open, mm-hmm. Renaissance, Renaissance. you know, um, I believe King. Yep. yep. King so is like, our top three. They like the big why, three. Why yeah. do those schools stay open? Legacy. Mm-hmm. Legacy, history, location. Sometimes it's a strong, um, like, 
committee board community yeah, around those community. schools. Mm-hmm. What you were just talking about. Literally. So, so, like, so, the community is yeah. keeping it alive. And we know that, that CAS has always been the shining beacon of Detroit public schools. Yes. We're going to make sure it's the shining beacon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, CAS and think about other schools, Renaissance and MLK. Mm-hmm. Think about it. In people, that order. People who, people, who, people. people who graduate from those schools, they take pride in them like it's a college. Like, it's, they, it's their alma mater. Yeah, it's like it's mm-hmm. So... It's kind of like that, but you don't really have that same reverence around Osborne. Nope. Even though my experience with Osborne, I, that was my first little village. Mm-hmm. Was it always right? No. Was it times I got into people? No. I mean, yes, a lot of the times, quite frankly, it pissed me off. But <laughs> high school, yeah. I was there with like teachers that gave a fuck, mm-hmm. that cared. Like we had our own little MST because that was the school I was in. We had came up with a song and everything. We mm-hmm. we ended up getting a drama club just because it was like. The teachers was willing to go that above mm-hmm. and beyond. Now, mind you, they can pay salary. Mm-hmm. But they stand till 8, 9 o'clock making sure yeah. kids get home and then have this one little piece of joy. Even if we don't get a full play that the entire school get to watch, you get this rehearsal, you get this practice, you get this experience mm-hmm. because we care about you having that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say, um, as a teacher, I most definitely cared about my students. But the, just, the, just the heavy handedness of the administration, uh-huh. um, of the overall whoever is running this crap and, you know, the government. Um, it, it, it they have such a heavy hand in the way that you teach and plus you don't you get severely underpaid for oh. going to college oh, for, you know, yeah. like five yeah. plus years to become a teacher, then that kinda that kinda this um not only disvalues you as a person, mm-hmm. but also like doesn't inspire you to be better mm-hmm. or to to actually help the community in which you're trying to serve. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely feel as though a lot of people that have went to school to be a teacher, at the time they were in school, they had a lot more of an optimistic idea about mm-hmm. what they be the change and impact they'd be able to have. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then they get there and they see this system is watered down with so much bureaucracy mm-hmm. that they can't do anything. The biggest example, because we talk about solutions, teacher unions. Mm-hmm. Teachers get over overlooked because they don't have any real capital that is true. in society. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, overwhelmingly, if you go talk to politicians and so on and so forth, everybody cares about education, thinks it's important. It's the fundamental building block of a healthy and productive society. Mm-hmm. But those are all talking points when it comes down to, like, serving the people that are often overlooked. Don't give a fuck. Mm-mm. Once they get in office, that's it. Mm-hmm. That was just all talking points. Mm-hmm. Yes, we looked at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Notice. I actually remember talking to some of my fellow teachers about unions. Um, and most of them are afraid to be in unions because they can basically just fire you. Yeah, from, union from, busting you don't is even, a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Union busting in schools is terrible. That it, it came and like the auto industry. It came back up in a lot of conversations around COVID. Because mm-hmm. a lot of teachers was like, okay, so what the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. And then everybody was like, well, we're going to put them in there, but what about vaccinations? We're not vaccinating them, but we're going to have them sit every other desk. Boy. What about masks? Well, we're not going to have them wear masks unless they want to wear mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. okay, now I got to come in here with all these health conditions or go home to these people mm-hmm. who do have these pre-existing health conditions mm-hmm. and put them at risk and so on and so forth. And y'all not even willing to talk about a pay raise for that shit? Mm-hmm. But I think most definitely something's going to change because there is, this is, I think, the year of the highest um, teacher shortage in American history. They have yeah. to. Yeah, because after a while, who's going to teach? Exactly. You ain't going to have 
I mean, I mean, they already been doing it. 60 students, you know, per teacher. Mm-hmm. But after a while, teachers is like, I can go literally do anything else. Yeah. Get paid the same amount of money. Or have more. Have less stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I won't be doing what I love. Because right. I love teaching. But then they get you to a point where you hate the shit anyways. Just you start to resent it. Yeah, you start to resent it. So you're like, oh, this is just a job now. Take this worksheet. Go go over there. Yeah, you can do it or you don't have to do it. I could care less. I remember I'm having just trying a to get paid. say straight up, like, I'm still getting paid regardless. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you get, to that, you get to that point. So. And you have to take into consideration, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people passed away from COVID. Mm-hmm. Some of those people were teachers. Mm-hmm. And then now we're in the midst of what? The great resignation. Mm-hmm. So some teachers are just like, you know what? You know it's, what? it's not worth it. It's not what I signed up for when I graduated. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, this ain't it. Mm. I'm already forty thousand dollars in debt. Exactly. I owe Sally me some money. Mm-hmm. You telling me I got forty five students? I got a grade test for, and then prepare whole lesson plans for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then change your lessons plan. Plus they... buy stuff. For yeah, them I have to buy everything in order to get. God help you if you actually have a classroom where all the kids are on the same wavelength. That's oh, not gonna yeah. happen at all. And yeah. a lot of teachers struggle with that uh, virtual learning. Oh a lot of teachers struggle with that. Having to change your curriculum to suit your students not <clears throat> physically being there. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you maintain a classroom? How do you be able to express? How do you teach? How do you do your job? At that point, you're basically a PBS station. That's how you have yeah, to do it. Yeah, you're basically. That's how you would have to do it. You would have to, because it's like, you. it's way too much that'll distract a kid. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to be a kid. You put me in front of a computer and tell me focus on a Zoom meeting for an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And no I can just, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> 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 you have YouTube some kids that video. struggle to focus when they in the classroom. Exactly. So now you want them so, to focus in front of the computer? I was teaching virtually, I used to uh, put on the video and then be on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, go on. See <laughs> <laughs> So, like how we supposed yeah. to but I will, I will uh, give props to the teachers that are able to keep rolling with the punches. Because this shit, they be asking y'all. It's an abusive for, relationship. Yeah. For real. It really is. That's why Ooh. I say y'all should watch Daria, bro. There's the, they have a teacher. He's like an English teacher. And that man has a whole aneurysm. But he can't even afford the health care. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that the fucking truth? So he has to go to like a fucking remedial summer camp where he's there with a bunch of kids who help bring back his love for teaching oh, again. Oh, my but God. He Basically has a whole psychotic break. <laughs> Shows you should watch to understand the life of a teacher. Seriously. Daria and Abby Elementary. Y'all don't understand. The first time I saw that series, I was like, man, no, I got PTSD. I don't even want to watch it. No, now. He doesn't even like watching it with us. That, that, that one older black woman, that teacher, she actually does remind me of my English teacher, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Armstrong from elementary mm-hmm. school. Because she was oh, one of the ones. Yes. Shirley Ralph's mm, character. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm basically just complete. What's the uh, substitute teacher? He ain't a substitute no more. Yeah, oh, yeah, he got hired in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that would have been your life if you yep. kept being a teacher. <laughs> that was basically my life. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so final thoughts on urban education. Final thoughts. When it comes down to it with community, mm-hmm. I do feel like we can pull through. I do feel like it is. I, I enjoy public school. I feel like it can be so much more mm-hmm. than what it has been. Throughout the bullshit, I have had some very uh, important founding 
moments that have made me mm-hmm. who I am now because of my education, because of the DPS. Mm-hmm. So, community is very fucking important when it comes down to your education. Yeah. Um, I would say most definitely changing the structure of how we need a renaissance in education. Mm-hmm. Um, just changing the structure of how we teach our students, um, teaching them more practical things about life, mm-hmm. not putting in all of this filler that we put into the um, curriculum, mm-hmm. um, and just putting more money mm-hmm. into the school system and not and not you know using money to. Get us to the military and all, you know, all types of other mm-hmm. stuff, which yeah, like, is unnecessary. Teach me something. Can mm-hmm. I yeah. learn how because to balance United... my accounts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right now, I think the United States, in terms of education, is like ranked number 50 in the world. <laughs> I mean, if we want to continue to, I guess, evolve as a nation or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to. Trying to be patriotic right now. Just trying to convince somebody. Uh, You know, this is what we need. It's a bleak time. We're going to fall behind. Very bleak. Trying to be patriotic. Because as a kid, I actually remember being patriotic. I used to stand up and pledge allegiance. Like, I used to be very much brainwashed by ideas. Pledge allegiance. (laughs) And then you grow up into the real world, and you're like, damn, what am I pledging allegiance to? Mm -hmm. Well, my final thoughts would be this. Uh, In terms of what we could do better is community education... Put more money into it. Get these kids more resources. Financial literacy, emotional and cognitive development, like that. Mm-hmm. Kid, you should not learn about how a, a someone in that developmental stage is developing when you're grown. Like, because as of right now, you're only mm-hmm. going to learn about it if you take like an intro to psych course. Mm-hmm. So that is something, especially teenagers oh my God. in the cusp of like puberty, emotions, and everything hitting them at that point. Having that reference point to better understand and better regulate their emotions will probably cut down on the amount of kids that's coming through doing what they do to schools, even though that's not really what's affecting urban schools. But to be a bit more cynical, to be a bit more cynical, Mm -hmm. understand that for black people, you got kids in public school, understand it's a fellow institution. And that 66% of everything that they're going to learn is going to be at the house. So make sure you're checking mm-hmm. in on them, what's going on mm-hmm. with them in school. But when it comes mm-hmm. down to supplementing life lessons, you understand that that's a role that you have stepped in as a parent, as a brother, as an uncle, mm-hmm. as an auntie, as a whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the real thing. Because most of the time, the thing, the most impactful lessons life taught us is never inside of a classroom. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Mm-hmm. You know, so reading, writing, arithmetic is fine. But like, that's the bare minimum to work a job as a cashier. Mm-hmm. That's about as far as it's going to take you. Mm-hmm. Say, what do you, what do you think urban education prepared you for working at a plant? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, to work that nine to five. Yep, that's about it. Just like a robot. Yeah, uh, I think my final thoughts would definitely be like, when, when you have a community at care, you have a government at care, you see things start to thrive. Yep. Mm-hmm. When they stop putting an emphasis on money and dollar value Mm -hmm. or just setting you up to do the bare minimum to get you through, Mm -hmm. then I think we're going to start seeing a lot of our urban education actually take off and thrive. Mm -hmm. Start setting these students up to actually pursue higher education, Mm -hmm. not just to be functioning, somewhat functioning adults in society. Set them up to actually strive and want and understand that they can acquire more. Oh, I got to add these two. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship and trades mm. are two mm-hmm. things that is not pressed 
for people through a compulsory education that needs to be because when you I just genuinely believe not everybody is set up, especially for people in urban educational environments. You do not have the resources necessary for you to be like, okay, I've been here in the trenches my whole life. Now let me go off two, three hours away from home inside of this university-style environment where I'm owing $60,000 just because I stepped on this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Talk about a culture shock. With no money. Mm. My family yeah. can't help me none whatsoever, except a care package every four months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm crying myself to sleep eating this ramen that my auntie got me. <laughs> Stressing out about this finals. I'm talking from the heart. You know, this is a real experience. Because <laughs> all that does is leave you with $9,000 worth of debt in depression. you just sitting there like, well, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> so, like, even with, like, because I know, you know, college prep is important. And college, there's value in college education. But... Mm -hmm. As the cost of living goes up and, and the amount of stuff people go to school for overwhelmingly is not even the most prosperous industry. So it's kind of like a lot yeah. of that. Yeah, bro, you probably could have yeah. just learned that in school of life. Yeah. Saved mm -hmm. you about $20,000. I'm glad you brought that up. Because so, that's actually one of the um, cons to going to a college prep school is they push college on you so hard, some people you just don't, don't want to go to college. Mm -hmm. It's not so if we, they, they They put up this plaque, because I actually remember it. Mm -hmm. when, we was, when we I graduated in 2015, everybody's going to college. Everybody has 100% uh, um, acceptance rate. Next year, half of the darn class dropping out of school. I mean, and that's the same, same, you know, same so way. So what's the point of that? But then they don't know anything else. They don't know that going to like, a trade. You've just been pressing um, college my entire yeah, well, career of yeah. high school. Or, you know, so. going towards other avenues mm -hmm. in life. So now they see they, they think to themselves as a failure. Less, right. They go forward as a failure. Because it becomes an expectation. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. I'm not supposed a goal. To be, I'm supposed to be doing this. That's why I'm not doing it. It's wrong. Literally why I went off to Western, because i just been told, you go to college, go to college, go to college. Mm -hmm. Now I think about this, going back to somebody that lived in that environment, the, the, the most common hustle I saw growing up was hustlers. Mm -hmm. So it's like, imagine what happens if you got a young, impressionable group of 14, 15 year olds and you teach them a valuable life skill, whether it's something as simple as landscaping. Here is how to seed a lawn. Mm -hmm. And here you go, you can take some mortar and brick and some two by fours you got from Lowe's and you can transform somebody's lawn. And then teach them about the concept of entrepreneurship and running mm -hmm. their own business. And now they don't want to go to college, but I know damn sure how to fuck somebody long up something fierce. Mm -hmm. I can make money doing this. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now that's another avenue where they never thought about. Now they got their own landscape and renovation mm -hmm. business because they looked at that other opportunity. Damn, it's also positive. It's also positive on the community. I also yeah. want to throw this in there. Very positive. AmeriCorps National Civilian Community Corps is it, that was a ten month. A, a, a program that I was in when I was 19 and 20 where I got to travel. I was based out of Baltimore, Maryland. So I was my whole location was assigned to the eastern coast of the United States. So I traveled, I think, 14 different states along the east coast. And then I went down to Louisiana and so on and so forth. After completing that 10-month program, I got like a, a education award for $7,000. Then I got like a signed presidential award from Obama, which was like my little casual flex. That's mm. feels making me feel cool or whatever. Um... But that is like a good, Fresh off that right? right? <laughs> but like, that was a good intermediary year to just do some soul searching. Mm -hmm. So I like I would advise young people that's like graduating in there. Like I don't really know about college being an option for me. Don't just stop there though, because you you'll get caught up in the nine to five grind. Mm -hmm. Don't do nothing, but you know, but you ain't got to rush to school. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just one option. I'm pretty sure there's a million different things like that because they got, they got conservation cores. You can talk about wildlife refuge. There's a bunch of different things you can do and make money off of it. But it's like getting that exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right yeah. now it's like you just hear, go to school, go to college, mm-hmm. get a job. Like the American dream mm-hmm. as it was supposed to be, which is a, 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 an illusion. Mm-hmm. But it's not reflective yeah. of the reality that most of us are living yeah. nowadays. Yeah. I think don't be afraid to take that time to figure out what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they press so much that right after you graduate, you have to have or be on track to go to college. No, you don't. I know people that took gap years, never went, mm-hmm. and did perfectly fine, thriving businesses, mm-hmm. their own homes, their own, you know, mm-hmm. still accomplishing like, their goals. It's okay to figure yourself out. And it yeah. is something that our education system should press more on like there are so many different avenues that you can go down besides going to college mm-hmm. like if i choose not to go to college i'm not a failure no but that's, that's, that's not that, the answer i was conscious about going to community college that shame yeah. right after um high school i had a whole meltdown but there, for real there, i think that goes back to the privatization of like uh the the uh, college education system with like Fannie Mae yeah. and Freddie Mac because mm-hmm. now it's a money thing. Mm-hmm. The more people we get here, the more people that's going to sign up for these loans for the rest of their life. Right. Which means we're going to keep getting money from them for mm-hmm. whatever they do. Until you have they many, die. That's all I got to do is just die. And I don't owe Uncle Sam nothing else. But they for sure going to try to come for your next of kin. Yep. Like, you know, mm-hmm. He owed us $47,000 and I know you grieving but we still expecting <laughs> that check on the 15th. So like, you, you co-signer they're going to be crediting your debit. So. How you going mm-hmm. to pay for it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's more out there than just going straight to college. There's different avenues and that is something I agree with you Cass. I agree that there should be something that our education system should express more. Like, mm-hmm. there are different avenues. Your job mm-hmm. is to help educate. Give options. I keep bringing up stuff because I didn't think about it. I also did, like, a lot of community service in high school. Mm-hmm. I genuinely felt like, because I know that, I don't know if you guys had the requirement, but you had yeah. to have at least, like, 200 hours. Yeah. yeah. I did, like, over 300 because I was a part of a program called Build On where they had us, like, working in the community. And that right there is one of the... Best ways, and we're going to talk about building community engagement and education, seeing students give a damn about their neighborhood has a profound mm-hmm. impact on the entire community. Mm-hmm. It'll change how you even look at the world when you actually start to care about your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. For real, yeah. though. Press. Speak. <coughs> yeah. Speak that truth. What? So, there's that. All right. So, mm-hmm. lots, of, lots of think about. Just take your time. It's your, it's your education, so it affects no one but you. Uh, that's one thing my parents definitely stressed to me. They was like, if you doing it, do it for you. Mm-hmm. Don't do it because it's what's expected of you or what you feel we want you to do. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to do, do it. Because, you know, we're going to be here regardless. We ain't going nowhere. We're going to support mm-hmm. you no matter what. Plus, you're going to be the one doing it. So you might as well enjoy yeah, it. Exactly. You might as well enjoy you it. Might as well do exactly. something that you Don't be doing enjoy. something, going to college for accounting and being like, Oh, I'm doing it for the money, and then you end up doing it, and then you hate your, you hate it's everything like, about yeah, you. All that story. Yeah, about about Look, we are in the age of information. Most things you can just learn with the right Google searches, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. I learned to do a lot through YouTube. You see, through, like YouTube educators on YouTube, they have created their own platforms. They got like mm-hmm. Curiosity Stream and um, mm-hmm. Nebula and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Like that was made from the guys from like Crash Course, which is like a subsidiary through PBS and everything. I don't know if y'all heard John and Hank Green. Yes. Yeah. So like you can find that information and be able to get 
like a, a trade or some type of certificate mm-hmm. or skill or whatever without investing 20 plus thousand dollars four or five years of your life mm-hmm. and be able to make money off of that skill and be able to pick up everything else on the go because mm-hmm. that's like if you ever worked a job you realize that like oh okay the school and this shit i went to for this don't even matter for real yeah because mm-hmm. you baptized in the flames any fucking ways you just <laughs> learn on the go mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and, and let's be real anything that you can learn at a university honestly you could find a master class for it but way cheaper it's Boom. not gonna cost you twenty thousand a semester a year or whatever college tuition because is college at this is point tell you no matter what you go to school for well you're gonna have to have all these classes done anyways yeah mm-hmm. all know. the prereqs and shit yep. that you yep. don't, this doesn't even pertain to what it is that you're looking for nope. exactly uh, these are just the base level classes they require you to take yeah before like, you even get into your major or minor. How else and I'm trying to be a fucking... $75,000 bill they make you take all these classes. Seriously, <laughs> if I'm trying to be a motherfucking nurse, why the fuck do I need to take political science? Why am I taking astronomy? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, what that does was... that mean? Am I going to be helping aliens when they come around? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to do some surgery on them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to create a whole new constitution. Why are we going over this right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, I tell you what. Yeah. It's crazy. But yes, beautiful people, that's been another episode of the Weird Negro Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Cam Lotus. Hey, see you guys later. It's your boy J Dub. Peace out. Elsa Flower Leaf. Now I appreciate y'all for having me with your boy Cass. Hey. <laughs> and as always. Uh, let's chill to the next episode. Hey. Hey. Peace.